is a billionaire's in boxes production. Hello and welcome to this edition of Billionaires in Boxes. Uh, I'm Phil Pellucci, your host, uh, joined by Megan Fetz. I'm really excited, Megan. It's going to be awesome, this show. Um, Megan, as I was, so I've known Megan as the joy coach, although she tells me she's not really using that as much. So I don't know if she's not got as much joy anymore or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, not, maybe not feeling so joyful anymore. So it's like, now I'm just a coach. <laughs> Yeah, take that out. That's done. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, and, and look, I'm, I'm teasing because I, I know it's become so much more than that. It's evolved into into to some really next level things. So I'm really looking forward to to getting into those. But but for our audience members that haven't come across you before, or are kind of looking at you, going, I recognize that face. Some of you probably do if you've followed my advice and watched how thoughts become things. Um, <laughs> for those of you that haven't yet, you need to go and get on it. But um, would you mind just giving us kind of a 60 second elevator pitch into who you are, what you're all about. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited, Phil, to be here with you. Um, so yeah, I have been known as the joy coach and it's still there. It's definitely still there. We'll, we'll rock out some joy today. Oh, yeah. um, so I am the founder of the Rise Yoga School, Rise Entrepreneur Center. And basically what I do is I teach people how to align themselves with the 12 universal laws and utilize those laws within business and life to get themselves to the next level. And I'm sure we'll talk about that, but it's like learning how to drop the resistance that we often create and get ourselves into the flow of what life is really about. Mm, I love that. And, and you, you have some unique ways of doing it as well, because obviously I think often you find people will talk about one type of specialism or another. So it's all about meditation or it's all about feng shui or it's all about diet or it's all about exercise or whatever it is but you you bring several things all together don't you which which we were saying off air in i know i always call it the virtual green room um but we, <laughs> we were saying off air weren't we that it, that that makes a lot of sense actually why why would it be in isolation it, it is going to be a collection of things yeah because we're we're a holistic unit right like we are our mind we are our body and we're also everything else in between and we're affected by our surroundings. So why would we just focus on one? If we want to create true transformation, we have to bring all of it together and recognize what part plays its role and how we can utilize it and become aware of it so that we can shift it or change it how we need to. Mm, no, sounds perfect. Look, the, I'm going to start with, a, with an obvious question. We're going we're gonna to dive really deep as we go into this. So I'm keen to join Zoom in to look into your background and how you got to this place because I always find people's journeys fascinating to see sort of how they got there because you quite often find it's been quite a transformation at some point in somebody's life they change from one thing into another and, and it's it, that that emergence is always fantastic to see. So we'll dig deep into that but then I'm keen to look into during our brainstorming session sort of actionable steps that we can take to kind of unlock this this power do these things and 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 the steps that we need to take but let's take it right back to the very beginning if i may because i'm sure i can't be the only one listening to this and and, and talking to you thinking i don't really know what yoga is like i i I picture some of the poses but we were saying before you know that's just one aspect and one small element of it so i'm going to ask you a very broad question here and hand you a hot potato but but what is yoga Totally. And I know we had talked about this, but I love this question because you're right. So many people assume yoga is just posture. And that is 
the most beautiful part because it is a key element of the yoga practice, but it, yoga means union. So it's the union between our mind and the union between our body. And the belief in yoga and the yogic philosophy, the whole design of it was we can't just work on our mind and we can't just work on our body. We have to combine the two. And that's where we're going to find our true self is in the space in between. So it's in yoga philosophy, there's eight steps. We call them the eight limbs of yoga, where it is a step-by-step, almost like you're walking up the rungs of a ladder so that you can understand how to utilize the mind, utilize the body, and then bring the two together to create that union. This is Billionaires in Boxes, empowering one billion entrepreneurs, one podcast at a time. That union. Yeah. That's clever. And I guess when you combine that, as we were saying before, with the uh, the body and the mind and the meditation and the breathing and all that kind of stuff, and you know, we've been talking about affirmations and all this sort of stuff, and people kind of are start, really starting to understand the power of that now more than ever, I think, um, that you know, we get exactly what we ask for, whether it's a positive or negative, because the universe doesn't make a decision for us. <laughs> um, so, and I think a lot of people are really waking up to that now. So I love the idea of people will know know the way that my brain is structured unfortunately i always like to be sort of building and what's next and okay how does this attach with this and i was always the guy i used to drive my family crazy because i dismantle like the toaster and stuff just to put it back together and i and i'd leave bits out and i wouldn't know where that spring came from but i'm sure it's fine um and i was (laughs) i was always doing that because i was fascinated by how things worked and how they they could fit together and I find business and sort of personal development a similar kind of puzzle, which is why I love having these conversations because everybody I speak to has another piece that I go, wow, okay, so that, that opens up a whole bit over there that I didn't even know existed. Totally. And you know, it's funny that you say that because I was the same way as a kid. Um, I joked that a lot of my life was like a living science experiment because I was always curious about how, when we, how if we showed up a certain way how that would be. And I remember actually years, like I was in junior high and uh, at the time I was having some challenges with friends, a group of friends. And I remember making the decision because my grandmother had said, well, don't worry about what people think Mm. and you'll see that things change. And so I went in and I decided, you know what, I'm going to be the person that I think they want me to be and see what happens. And I played a little bit of an experiment with myself, noticed how they reacted and how I experienced that reaction. And then I went in and just let myself be who I was. No questions asked, no fears. And what was amazing was the results were so much different. And and when we can get into that point of curiosity, isn't it amazing what we can really find and discover about life? Mm, Very much so. I always like proving myself wrong. <laughs> um, I, 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 I like that expression. Like I, I, I like to be wrong because like people think I'm, I, I know a lot of stuff, but I really like to be wrong. Um, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. So when you're, I, I always say, make more decisions with your heart. Don't trust your head because it doesn't know any more than you do. And I genuinely yes. mean that because that negative stuff that's going on in your head, that's just, stuff you've picked up from somewhere else or someone else or someone telling you why you can't do it unless you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and it cannot be done you know you can't say it it hasn't so you know it's the people who never get started because something can't be done it's like it's nonsense someone's going to do it it's just not going to be you because you're just sat there yeah 
And I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I share that all the time with my clients to listen to your body, right? And that's why the union between our mind and our body is so important because our, our mind is based out of our ego. In fact, we have three different egos. We often talk about, or you might have heard the terms, the ego. And we actually have three in our mind that are working at all times. And none of them are bad, but we have to understand that the role of the ego is to protect itself, to yes. protect us. So it, it kind of like steps up. And when we're going into something new right away, the mind will be like, whoa, wait, remember the last time we did something like this and you got hurt? Mm. Let's not do it again, right? It's just going to be that same way. And so we have to learn to disengage from the mind so that we can tap into the body because the body is where the true wisdom resides. The body doesn't have the ability to think. It just has the ability to feel. And it feels off of energetic currents. So it knows which direction, which way we're meant to go versus our head that's based out of that old past-based story. I do enjoy the fact that a lot of the time that would be described as coincidence, right? I always like that phrase. But it's like <laughs> people say, oh, you know, I had this gut feeling not to get on the plane and then it crashed. Isn't that an amazing coincidence? It's like, no, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not at all. You've just described what it was. It was a gut feeling. You were given a feeling. So you, you acted on it and you didn't do it. And aren't you glad you followed through with that feeling? Um, yes. You know, and, and how many people it was like, it was amazing. You know, right place, right time. I just bumped into such and such a person. It was great. And, um, it's, a, it's amazing how often that happens. In fact, funnily enough, I was flying over to South Africa and it's a long flight and I wasn't sleeping. I don't know why I couldn't sleep, but I watched about three flights, uh, three films back to back uh, and they all had Leonardo DiCaprio in them, all three of them. So <laughs> let's just think about Leo because I'm watching him for about eight hours, right? <laughs> Handsome bloke. And then I went for um, breakfast two days later in Camps Bay and in he walks. He's got a holiday place just up the road. I had no idea. This is his place for breakfast. Comes in, sits down, managed to say hello to him. Not very long. I mean, I wanted to leave the guy alone to have breakfast, but I managed to say hello to the guy that I'd just been thinking about watching eight hours of him on a film. Yes. And isn't that amazing? Like, I truly love how much of like energetic conduits we are, right? It's like that thought process comes up. And if it's unfiltered, right, like we're not getting hung up on what that's going to look like or mm. get caught up in the hows or the whys. We just allow it to be there and trust and have faith that this is coming in for a purpose and a reason, whatever that reason might be. And mm. then naturally it comes into that reality, into our reality. For sure. We talk about that a lot as a business, actually, because one of the things that we say is we don't we don't ever chase profit. We don't chase the have. What we aim to do is give as much as we possibly can to people to help them. So if our focus is always on having more so we can have more to give, the rest just kind of takes care of itself as we've seen because there's so much positivity that comes with being able to help people and, and really make a difference and empower people, which is awesome, as you well know. Um, and yeah. the energy that comes back from that is just it's worth his weight in gold so uh, you're right i mean it, it i would have had this mentality at one point which is why i share these things on the show because you know we're, we're all learning every day but it, i even find it interesting to reflect you know two years ago three years ago where i'd have thought well i'd love to give to people that never changed i was i always loved people and i always wanted to give but it was always i'll give more like when i get there like when I'm earning that much and I'm doing this, then I'll do it, right? Then I'll do it. And I didn't realize that actually 
it works the other way around. If we structure how we're going to give, then the rest just takes care of itself. Not, not me needing to have the step-by-step. In fact, the step-by-step was causing the block because I was trying to, I was determined to go off in one direction while life really wanted me to go in another one. Yes. And it's that resistance, right? And what I, I love to talk about is the actual process of manifestation that happens, right? Because when we think of it in like a physical term, like if you wanted to give somebody six apples, if you did not have six apples, you wouldn't be able to give it. But we forget about that on like an energetic level. And, mm-hmm. but then people get hung up on that. They're like, oh, well, then I have to get first so that I can give. But it's actually, no, you need to become. What do you get to become? And then you give it and then you can receive it. Exactly. I love so that though. It, it's, it, isn't it crazy though? Because, well, I say crazy, but that's not what we're taught. <laughs> like that's, that's, that, that's not the way we're raised. Like it's, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I was brought up in the household of money doesn't grow on trees. You don't get everything you want. Get your head out of the clouds. <laughs> Who do you think you are? All these kind of things. And, and, and if you'd have lived your life by those things, I wouldn't have ever met the amazing people that I have done the amazing things that I've enjoyed doing and get to work with some really inspirational people. Like I'd be stuck somewhere in some limitations that weren't even mine. Somebody else just gave them to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how that is that way. Like I grew up and I had my grandmother. She was the most abundant thought-based person I'd ever met. Like this woman never worked a day in my life that I can remember. Right. I mean, my memory might be a little bit off, but I know that she was a devoted grandma. I spent most of my time with her growing up and she never worried about money. Like she had this deep sense of faith and she was like the first person to give always. She never asked questions. If you needed anything, she was there. Mm. And I grew up with that mentality. Like I grew up listening to personal development and meditating and being in that energy. But it's neat when you get pulled out of that, how easy it is to be kind of brainwashed yeah. by the other, by the limitations, right? Where people kind of hand those out so freely mm. and place them upon each other versus looking at it and understanding, well, where is the scarcity idea coming from? Is it mine in the first place? Do yeah. I really want to own that? Or do I want to, again, have that science experiment and see what's my true reality? You know, one of my favorite quotes is always that standing on the shoulders of giants, right? And, but I, when you think about that quote, unfortunately, it works as a negative too. Because how many times has somebody went, oh, no, don't do that. It's, um, it, you get hurt or it doesn't work. Or, yeah, yeah, I tried that and I just fell fat on my face. So people don't even try because somebody else has told you it didn't work. Well, maybe it didn't work for them because it wasn't their path. But if you'd have tried it, that was your path and it would have been absolutely perfect for you. Um, and and what a shift it would be. Hey, if we could own that, like, Hey, this didn't work for me instead of it won't work at all. Yes. Yeah. And having that accountability and that responsibility of just being like, Hey, this is what I experienced. That's not yours. hmm. You create your own. Well, it's simply not true either. Is it? I mean, just thinking about like one example, look at, look at the difference between blockbuster and Netflix, but also think about all the businesses that tried to be Netflix that no longer exist. Because they couldn't all have that. It wasn't that the dream was wrong. Netflix is a brilliant idea and it's making tons of money and it's, it's spreading joy worldwide, right? And knowledge for that matter. So it's a really cool tool. That doesn't mean that the vision was wrong. It just meant it wasn't that person's path. 
because you had you might have had a hundred companies all trying to be Netflix. There's only one Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I'll often say that your vision is never incorrect. Sometimes you just have to take a different pipeline in order to get there. And allowing yourself to have that space, right? Like, so if one way doesn't work, instead of just allowing that to be the defeat point, mm-hmm. take a step back and be like, okay, what other angle do I have? What other way of, can I come across this? Is there somebody that I'm supposed to connect with or meet that will support this and moving forward? Or am I meant to do it this way? So can I ask you, have you always felt this way? Have you always kind of had, I mean, I appreciate you'll have honed these skills, but have you always kind of been a really positive person and probably because of your grandmother by the sounds of it, she sounds like an amazing woman. She was, she was absolutely amazing. And I was like, don't get me wrong. I definitely grew up in a very supported environment and so blessed because even my parents, like I joke all the time with my parents, how I'd have these crazy ideas and they would be like, all right, let's see what happens. Like there was never that limitation place that like, Oh, you can't do that. Like they, they still say to this day, like, Oh yeah, we were kind of waiting to see if you'd fall flat on your face, but we wanted you to experience that versus us telling you. Yeah. So I grew up in that great lifestyle. And as I got a little bit older, I junior high, high school, I discovered boys and booze and drugs and ended up getting in a relationship that wasn't very supportive. Mm -hmm. And it, really demolished that joy in that space that I had within myself. And it became a very abusive relationship that went from like mentally and verbally abusive to physically and sexually abusive. Oh, I'm sorry. That's awful. It, it was, but you know, I think about our journeys, right? And I honestly think that it was part of my journey for a reason, like to learn to look at people in a different way and to understand people in a different way and have that point of forgiveness as well. Um, But through all that, I ended up becoming a drug addict. Like I decided instead of dealing with the pain at the time, I was just going to numb it and run away from it and got myself really deep into alcohol and drugs. And yeah, eventually one day it was crazy. Like, talk about those clarity moments, right? Mm -hmm. I literally, I remember waking up one day and I knew, like I knew I had two choices and I knew that I could choose to keep going down that path that I was going down or I could choose something different. And I had no idea what that different would look like, but I knew there was something in my soul that was like, no, the time is now. And so I did, I moved away from all of my friends. I got myself into a mastermind group that was in the town locally that I lived in and enrolled in my first yoga teacher training and just wow. jumped full feet, both feet in to just completely and radically transform my life. So in a way that, that retreat was, was almost your, well, what would you call it? It was your rehab, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Mm. And the neat thing, like I went in there just like most people thinking about the posture, thinking I was just going to become this amazing bendy person. Yep. <laughs> and it changed my life because it made me look at myself and mm-hmm. how uncomfortable that can be, right? And look at all the ways that we were showing up because when I had gone in there, I was still in that victim space where all of this had happened to me and I was powerless. And it was like redirecting the mirror and looking within and that experience completely changed because all of a sudden it's looking from the inside out versus the outside in. And how we realize in that moment how truly powerful we are in every situation that we have. I love that. I really like that. 
I'm just it, it, it's an amazing story isn't it and, and and I love that that was how you found your solace I think that's really powerful um and I think other people can too which is why I think that story is so inspirational so thank you for sharing I mean it's look it's it's quite clear you're now in a place that you can see that for what it was and learn the lessons from it when you're in the eye of the storm things are a lot more painful than that <laughs> um as I'm sure you yeah. remember <laughs> um but you know it's important to I think it's really important to hear these stories because one of the gripes that I have a lot about the professional development world and the personal development world is that there's a lot of stories in terms of a look, here's me at rock bottom. I was sleeping in my car. I just lost my house, all this kind of stuff. And then almost like 10 seconds later, we're at this, it's mega rich. It's mega successful. Everything's great. Just follow what we, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't just brush over that bit. That bit's the most important bit. Like, how did you do it? Like, how did yes. you go from, you know, drugs, alcohol, bad circle of friends to cha- realizing that you needed to change, jumping too far into that, into that yoga retreat, that being your rehab and then becoming what you are today. How, how did that, how did that, that journey unfold? It's fascinating, isn't it? It is. And it's so funny because I think it's so important that we share those things, right? Like, because we'll, we'll see that, right? Where the, the end of the tunnel, the other side is so shiny and amazing. And when we're going through that process, it's not, it's, mm. it's crappy. It's, it's messy. It's all of these things. And more often than not, we want to turn around, right? Mm. And just go back to what we knew because they're not shown how challenging that process is. But if we can remember how worth it it is, mm. then it makes it like all the more desirable to keep going. And I almost I often, understand why many coaches don't share it as well, because actually they're so busy looking forward that they don't really want to look back. They want to, they want to continue to progress and add and grow onto themselves, which is how they've got to this place. But as, I think you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're dead right. I mean, it's, it's not pleasant. And actually there's weird sensations that nobody even tells you about. So I've been at stages as an entrepreneur, for example, where one part of my life has felt really amazing. Like I I would describe it as in flow, like it's just happening. And it's like, uh, prime example, look at, look at Doug in this movie, for example, got on with Doug, like a house on fire. And now amazing people like you are booking in, emailing me saying, Hey, let's, let's book in this thing. Let's do a show. It would have been a time I would have had to have mass emailed 50 people in the hope to try and get a guest. Now people are booking in with us. Um, but, at the awesome. same, but at the same time, there'll be another part of the business that, that feels like I'm just completely swimming against the tide. Everything is going wrong in that particular part. It's almost, it reminds me of that gif a little bit, you know, where that, everything's exploding behind that guy and he's like, go away, nothing to see here. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a bit like that. And, and it's like, how can these two things live simultaneously? How can I have carnage over here and bliss over here? Well, and it's that, like, I truly believe because every single experience in life is a lesson, right? It's just guiding us to a deeper sense of ourselves and a deeper awareness of what's going on around us. And so when we've kind of mastered the energies that are in the one area, then it's easy, right? Whereas there's going to be other energies in that other aspect of life that maybe there's still those lessons for, right? Maybe there is something that you're still holding on to or resisting in that space. So sometimes it's just taking that step back and being able to look at it full spectrum versus trying to push against that brick wall. That's nice because instead of looking at what's the problem and why is this causing me a headache, 
almost take it back and see what you haven't learned from it yet. It's almost like, think of it like a video game. You can't unlock the next level until you've completed this bit. There's something you've missed. Go back and see yes. what it is. And that's just it. And everything's an inside job, right? Like we often forget about that because we forget what we truly have control over. So we'll, we'll ex- put our whole focus on everything outside of ourselves, trying to force and trying to push against these walls. When all we need to do is step back look at what we truly have control over and then everything else just falls right back into place. Mm. And you know, I I think one of the the biggest lessons that I would share before we go to the break is, is exactly that it's follow your gut, whether you call it your heart, intuition, gut, whatever it is you want to follow. But when something like there's nothing wrong with failing, failing works. I mean, I can't remember who it was, but somebody very famously said, fail forward. If you're going to fall, fall, fall forward, because at least you're heading in the right direction. Um, failing's fine, right? Everybody that's made a success of themselves has failed countless times and learned lessons from it. But if something feels like it's just always constant conflict and like you're almost fighting against it, uh, as Megan said, take a step back, take a deep breath, and and maybe it's not the path for you. And I know that sounds scary, but may- maybe you're doing the wrong thing, and maybe it's a good thing to learn that now. Because you could spend the next 10 years pushing against that door. It's not going to open for you because it's not your door. Absolutely. And sometimes it's even that we're just missing an element of ourselves within it as well. Um, I'll share a quick story. This was when I was facilitating uh, yoga teacher trainings. And at the beginning of my business, I had a business partner. And it was amazing. I loved it. But we were truly struggling all the time to bring people in. Mm. And... It, it felt like there was so much resistance, so much work involved to bring people in, even though we knew we loved it and we were great at it. So fast forward a few years and we finally decided to dissolve the partnership. And all of a sudden it was like I had this freedom because I wanted to include all of these other components into the yoga teacher training. And it was like I felt whole in it and I felt excited about it. And I got like all of these visions and this clarity around what I was going to include into it. and. Again, kind of like yourself, all of a sudden people were coming to me and I filled up my trainings like it was nothing. Mm. So it's, I find sometimes that when we're hitting those resistances or they're knocking on those doors and they're not opening, sometimes it's that we're not being truly authentic either to ourselves and to what we're meant to be bringing forward. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a powerful point. So look, after the break, I want to, I want to discover how you find that. Right, because there'll be lots of people listening to this going, "That's great," but I have no idea that I even had an inner compass, let alone how to read it. Um, so it'll be interesting to have that conversation in terms of how we can start to unlock those things. So stick around until after the break. You're listening to Billionaires in Boxes, Africa's number one entrepreneur broadcasting network. Welcome back to Billionaires in Boxes. So look, let's dive straight in. I'm, I'm desperate to ask this question. So how do we get started? What, what are the action points? What are the steps that we can take to, to start to unlock this, this power, this inner conference, the compass, this, this understanding within? Totally. Well, in the first place I find is when you're creating something because there's so many great ideas and there's so many great teachers out there, right? But we want to make sure that who we are and how we're showing up is truly us. And I find because there's so many different training programs that tell you, oh, you need to be this way. You need to show up this way. People take it to that full truth 
And instead, Mm -hmm. what I always say is like, turn everything off, like build your vision, like get yourself into a space. I love meditation for it myself, where you just sit and you begin to imagine what you would love to create. How would you love to serve people? What does that look like? How do you feel within it? And build that image so strongly. And I'm a big old school writer. I love my notepads and pens. And when I come out of meditation, I'll write that down. And I get all of my clients to do that as well. Write down everything that came up for you. And then start showing up that way. When you feel like you want to hide a part of yourself, that's when you know that there's the resistance. Yeah, it's clever. So don't, don't, right? sh- don't shrivel from the thing that you're scared of. You've got to stare it in the face. Yes. And allow all parts of yourself to come out. Because the thing is, in business, and I'm sure you've experienced this, often we're scared to let all pieces of ourselves out, out of like the judgment or thoughts of other people. Yep. But really, if we're going to be judged by those people, are those individuals that we want to work with anyways? Precisely. Yeah, 100%. And and you know what? It's so true. I mean, one of the things that we say as a business, and it's one of the things that I think, well, I don't think I know everybody in the team loves about this is, we'll we'll explain in more detail what we do if somebody doesn't understand, but we will never try and convince somebody to work with us. Never. Because it seems so counterproductive because there are people out there that really want to work with us and, and resonate with that message. And there's no convincing needed. They get it and go, how do we, how do we get involved? What can we do? I don't want to have to drag you with me because if you don't see what we're doing, then that's okay. That's just not for you and it's not for me. So let's not waste either each other's time and get into bed with each other. Not going to happen. Totally. Cause it diminishes the energy within the, as well, right? Like, cause there's, there is that resistance in any way, then it just stops that flow. And so instead it's like, just jump into it. Let yourself be fully yourself. And a, the people that are right for you, they're going to be refreshed and they're going to be excited. And they're going to be like, yes, that's the person I want to work with that person. Whereas if you, like, I remember years back when I first became a coach, um, I remember doing a video and the first thing that I got told was, Oh, you've got piercings. No one's ever going to take you seriously. Mm. And it's interesting, right? Yeah. And I remember like listening to that and at first like kind of marinating with it, if you will. Yeah. And being like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. And I remember asking my husband, like, do you think I should take out my piercings? And he's like, well, do you want to? Like, well, no, because it's a part of me. It's part of who I am. Yeah. And he goes, well, then why would you? And it was in that moment where I was like, you know what? You're right. Same with um, even when I would teach people how to teach yoga, I would always say like, be your authentic self. So if that means that you swear in a yoga class, that means that you swear. Yep. If it's authentic, if you're doing it to get people to react or if you're doing it to try and be funny, then don't, then it's again, not coming from that authentic place and it's going to feel weird. Mm. I was always taught the same about my tattoos. So I I appreciate that people on the podcast can't see this, but I'm, I'm tattooed to the, to the hill. Um, the only thing I've never done is I've never done any color. I've never done any color. It's all black and, and white, all of it. Um, some shading, but it's all black. And every single one of them means a lot to me. Uh, they all mean something really important. So I used to be told like, oh, in the summer, I can't have my sleeves rolled up because people could see my tattoos. And I'd be like, so? Um, <laughs> I don't, and? It's like, well, they might get the wrong impression. I was like, like what? 
It's like, so <laughs> it's like, I don't understand what you're trying to imply. Like I, I, I finish work here, take off my suit and join a biker gang. I mean, like, what are you getting at? <laughs> you know, well, I, don't, I pick up a takeaway on the way home, same as everybody else, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's, it's so important to know that people can only meet you where they are. Right. Remembering that we all have our own beliefs from the past. Mm. And so people can only see what they can see. Right. I mean, reality is truly subjective because it's individual for every single person, whatever you look for, you're going to find. And when we can have that realization that people will only meet us where they are, then we can start to understand that when they project those things on us, or they try to, to create a belief system that is, that it's, their reality, their belief system. And it gives us a deeper understanding of where they're at, not out of judgment, but just to be able to not take it on ourselves and to be able to support and listen to them a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you look at it like that from sort of a removed position, you almost think, well, you can't get upset at somebody else's opinion because they don't even know why they think that. (laughs) Right? That's exactly it. And Makes sense. And we're often like, we'll have it like, right, everybody talks about, oh, we have all of these experiences, but it's not that we're even having experiences. We're actually reacting to experiences. Mm. So we're reacting to our experiences with other people, to business, to life, whatever it might be in that moment, we're creating a reaction. Mm. And that reaction is a choice, right? We can ultimately choose to react out of it based out of just old patterns, or we can choose to progress and look at it a little bit differently. Look, speaking of sort of meeting people, as we said earlier, when, when it's the right time to, I, I'm 100% sure that that's why we're having this conversation now. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that within about a week of me saying that, so funny enough, here's, here's how the joke started. True story. I said, we, we should be empowering a billion people. I was like, how do I get to a billion people? And I was like, well, the secret movie did 500 million. So I just need two secret movies. <laughs> So, and and it was the first time I'd ever mentioned doing movies ever. I like TV stuff. I like broadcasting stuff, but I'd never, ever talked about doing a movie before. And as the words came out of my mouth, I went, that actually feels really good. I like that idea. I really like that idea. And within a week, I was on the phone with Doug, who obviously was a producer and director of How Thoughts Become Things, a fantastic movie. I'm giving it a plug again. You seriously need to go and watch it if you haven't already. Check out the link on Billionaires in Boxes Facebook page. It's all in there. Go and go and watch it. Um, but now I'm being introduced to all these amazing people. So I, I want to ask you a question because it's so relevant to what we're doing right now. How did you get involved with how thoughts become things? How did that happen? So it's kind of similar to your story, actually. Now that you've shared it, um, about two years ago, I was writing out my goals and like I said, growing up with my grandma, she listened to personal development stuff. And Bob Proctor was one of her like main guys. She had every book that he had ever written, like love the guy. He's amazing. And uh, two years ago, I was writing out my goals for the year and I just decided to put it out there. Like, you know what? I would love to work alongside Bob. And I had no idea what that would look like. Like I just put it out there. It was kind of like to me, it was like almost a joke. Like I was like, I have no idea if this is even going to become a reality. I don't even know. But for some reason, I felt guided to write it down. Well, a couple of weeks later, my pop, she's like, you need to come to this event. 
So of course the day of, I was a little bit resistant, but talk about that gut feeling, right? Like I just felt called to still go, even though my mind was like, oh, you could be doing all of these other things. Always listen to the body. Yep. So I went and it was one of Doug's events. And so he had started talking about how thoughts become things. And uh, Dr. John Martini had come to film his segment of the movie. And I got to witness and watch all of it. And Doug and I connected. And later on, we went for coffee and we talked about what I do and what I teach. And he asked me to come on and be a part of the film. I love it. So, and wildly enough, like talk about resistance and challenges. Um, during the process, I all of a sudden had a ton of resistance come in, right? Because that old mindset block of like, am I worthy? Am I deserving of this? Imposter syndrome. All came up, right? Yes. And so that all came up and I actually walked away from the movie. Oh, really? I did. And then again, talk about divine timing. I was seeing Doug's posts about it and I was still celebrating and he was talking about all the neat teachings that were coming forward and he was just amazed at them. And I kind of would message him back and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's exactly what I teach. And so again, he called and he's like, we need to chat. So we jumped on the call and he's like, listen, there's still spot for you. I'd love you to still be involved. And I'm a big believer that if something comes back around again, yep. it's, it's, meant, it's meant to happen. And so I jumped with both feet in again. And here we are. I love it. Did you enjoy it? More importantly, I'm sure I can see a smile on your face. So oh. I think I know the answer. I have loved the experience. And it's just what's so incredible about it is I love the opportunity to be able to share these tools on a greater scale. So it's more accessible to people and people can start to implement the tools and the actions to start changing their lives. And that's the most exciting part to me is Mm -hmm. how many lives are going to be affected and shifted and changed from watching this movie. 100%. 100%. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret then just before we go. Um, Because hopefully, well, I want you involved anyway. So I'm I'm hoping that you'll share that message with our audience as well. So my intention, (laughs) I love the movies, right? I always love the movies. And I get the studio setup and all that kind of stuff, but I, I always find myself thinking the most beautiful backdrop that I've ever seen is is Africa. Africa wow. is the most stunning backdrop I've ever seen. So the intention is that we're going to organize some some really cool events, as you already know, um, all the way across Africa, get lots of really cool people involved and collaborate with them. But then after those events, we're all going to stick around for two weeks together, go to some of the most beautiful places in Africa and record some of this life-changing information for people. So there's a, there's a little preview for people. So are you in? Oh, yeah. I'm fully in. I love that continent, man. It is. It's like one of those hidden gems. A hundred percent. hundred Like it is beautiful. The people are incredible. The scenery is, gosh, amazing. Connectivity is the only thing that's been holding Africa back, you know, and, and as you, we were talking off air, you know, our business donates uh, a lot of money to different African charities specifically that are donated, uh, sorry, that are focused on entrepreneurship and personal development because the next decade's worth of innovation is going to be coming out of Africa. So we want to help stimulate that. I mean, to survive in Africa, and there's a lot of people that do very well in Africa, and to survive in Africa, you have to, you have to know how to graft. You have to be able to work. It's, you know, it's not easy. There's no silver spoon. It's not handed to you on a plate. And the thing that's been holding Africa back for a long time has been connectivity. And that's becoming less and less of an issue every single day. Meaning that 
you have the the innovation and the creativity and the determination and the passion of Africa that now have the same level playing field as what I describe as the lazy West. I mean, we've we've kind of become quite lazy now. Everything's at the click of a button, and if our food's not there in thirty minutes, we get a discount, and we don't really have any problems. We just moan a lot. <laughs> totally, and it's that that instant gratification. Whereas over there, or when I lived there what I loved is how hungry people were. Like Mm -hmm. they were hungry for change. They were hungry for something different and they would do anything it took to create that. Like I remember talking to a couple people there and asking them like, what is, what is so important? Like, cause they would have a ton of schoolwork and they would be working and they would be doing all these things. And they said, well, I will do whatever it takes to be able to, to live a different life than what I grew up in. But yet at the same time, they're also like the most giving individuals yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> you're so right and, and but the, what i find is you you will learn about true happiness when you and it's not from the people who have everything it's usually from the people who have very little um and and i think that's a really humbling thing to learn but one of the things i'm really keen with this show with the podcast with everything we do uh, and with these kind of conversations is i'm really keen for as that emergence happens, I'm keen for people falling into the trap of the industrial revolution. You know, the idea of if I just work hard, then I'll get there. I just have to keep working a bit harder and keep putting in a few more hours and keep doing it. It's, it's not that. That's not the answer. That's not the, the way to success. That's not the way to the top. You, did, you know, the people at the top didn't get there because they ran harder and faster than everybody else for 20 years. That's not, that's not how they got there. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Um, there's a funny story somebody told me once actually that kind of sums that up said this guy pulls up in his car um, you know an okay car second hand car pulls up in the car park and his boss pulls up in a Ferrari right and he says whoa look at that car and the boss says well listen to me if you work really hard every single day and you give 110% I can buy another one of them next year <laughs> oh, it's so true. And you know, it's funny. I hear the word hustle all the time and it makes me cringe because we forget that our health, our health of our life is equivalent to the health of our business. Mm-hmm. And we forget that we have to, instead of focusing on how are we working harder, it's how do we grow more, Yes. right? Like how do we become who we're meant to be in order to become that level? whatever that looks like. So is it reading more? Is it working out? Is it eating better? What is it going to be? And focusing on one thing, right? We don't have to create massive change in a day. Mm. It's just about creating that one thing that you can do on a consistent basis that's going to create change. And remembering that change doesn't happen overnight, that usually there's a 90-day incubation period. Mm. where you won't see any shifts or changes. But after that 90 days, it's almost like things explode. Well, I'll share one with you. Actually, I'll share a tangible example of mine. This is something I did. So somebody asked me a question. I think it was Marie Diamond, actually. She asked me a question. And I think it was just in like in passing in conversation. But the question must have stuck with me for about two days. And the question was, so she liked the name Billionaires in Boxers. And she said, so what would you be doing right now if you were a billionaire? And the question just blew my mind because I was like, well, I'd have this and we'd have this. I'm like, no, that's stuff I'd have. That's not what I'd be doing. That's what stuff I'd own. 
right? And then I was like, well, we'd probably be somewhere on a beach and I could go here. I was like, no, again, that's, that's where, that's not what would I be doing? So I started thinking a bit closer in terms of a day-to-day. What would a day-to-day look like if I was a billionaire? And one of the things I've always thought about with successful people is like their rituals and their routines, their morning routine and their evening routine in particular. They stay the same. Like they can evolve slightly, but they do it every single day for their entire lives. You know, Tony Robbins has his priming exercises. Um, you know, uh, Bob has his affirmations. And, and all of that stuff is incredible. It's really incredible. And I think you have to find whatever works for you. But that was what happened was I realized, okay, well, if I was a billionaire and I wasn't stressing about how much work I had to get done or, you know, having to get something sorted or, or flapping around doing something else, I would spend at least an hour every morning getting ready for the day and at least an hour every night unwinding and unpacking the day before I sleep. So I said, to, I did the whole 21 day habit thing. So I said, right, that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for 21 days and see what happens. And I put it in my diary. And I woke up at a power time and I got up and I did do the same routine every day. And I feel incredible as a result of it. And then it, I usually now I'm starting to get tired about the time that I start wanting to wind down, which for somebody who used to stay up till two, three in the morning every day um, <laughs> is a big change. Well, it is. And it's, it's, again, it's more about how do we take care of ourselves, right? Because if we really want to show up at a higher level, if we want to show up and give that value that like our clients and everyone deserve and we want to create those transformations, we have to be in a space that we can give that, right? Sure. So it's, it's honoring that energy and taking care of what we have. So we're not burning ourselves out or we're not doing all of this work in order to appear that way. We want to become it, right? It yep. keeps going back to becoming. I, do, you know, do you know why I love you though? This is what I love the most about you and why I was so glad to have you on the show is that you, you you have that raw honesty as well though. And again, we're going back to what professional talking about personal professional development coaches. Again, a lot of people seem very rah, rah, rah. It's all, you know, you think to yourself, how, how did they deal with a negative thought? And you kind of must come to the conclusion. They must never have negative thoughts um, <laughs> because they're just so positive. <laughs> you know, if they did ever stub their toe, they'd go, what a blessing. My toe is throbbing. And it's, that's not the reality. It's, it's which, which thoughts you empower and which thoughts you action and which thoughts you dwell on and, and what you use to make your decisions. That's the important stuff. Not, you know, I think it's important that, that people know that negative things do happen. Bad things will happen. Negative thoughts will pop up in your mind, but it's how you deal with them that, that is the deciding factor. Yes. And I'll say that like a negative emotion isn't actually negative, right? It's, we often think, oh, well, this is a good emotion. So I only want to feel these emotions. Yep. And the negative ones we kind of push down. But a negative emotion doesn't become a negative emotion until we hold on to it mm-hmm. and pretend okay. it doesn't exist. And I'll use the analogy of a toddler. So negative emotions and negative thoughts, they're kind of like a toddler where they will start kind of nudging. They'll come up a little bit. And then all of a sudden, if we don't listen to them and we ignore them and we try to push them away, they get louder and yeah. more, more dominant, right? So instead, we want to just stop and acknowledge it. Okay, I see you, I hear you, but I'm choosing something different. So acknowledging and accepting, and sometimes people get caught up in that acceptance. Oh, well, if I'm accepting it, then I'm succumbing to it. 
but that's not what it's about. Acceptance is just no. allowing yourself to be human, allowing yourself to have whatever experience you're having in that moment without judgment, without need to make it different. And then all of a sudden, once you choose what is, then you can create what's next. It's funny, isn't it? Because in a world of information where information is king, you'd think that now life would be easier than ever because everything, you know, all the answers are on Google. They're all just right there at our fingertips. But the irony of the situation is that very phone in your hand that you used for Google is doing more harm than good because people head onto social media and they see people living these flashy lifestyles and they think that nobody, nobody in that world ever has any problems. Nobody in that world ever, ever has those emotions that you're talking about, those fears that they have to face. They just live this amazing life where they chill by the pool and drive their cars and stuff. And that, I think that's so dangerous. And they're the people I have a problem with. They're the entrepreneurs and the coaches who have that kind of flashy Instagram lifestyle, if you want to call it that. Because that's not reality. That's a Photoshopped reality. And what, what you're selling there isn't real. And reality can be amazing enough on its own. You don't need to sell something fake. This is Billionaires in Boxes, empowering one billion entrepreneurs, one podcast at a time. Yes. I remember somebody telling me years back, and this really transformed the way that I looked at things, was that 95% of the time, life can suck hard. Like it's not easy, but it can be simple. But he said, the other 5% is what we see as the amazing usually. Like even if you take Oprah Winfrey, for example, we see her 5%. Mm -hmm. But the other 95%, like she's waking up at like three in the morning. She's in boardroom meetings all day. She's, she's doing what she needs to do on that other 95% of the time that we're not seeing. Mm -hmm. And so instead of gauging your 95% of life against somebody else's five, recognize that it is their 5%. And that. you can't judge your 95 off of that. But you can't, you can't judge or create an idea based off that one tiny bit of a, a person's existence that you get to be a part of. How can people get in touch with you? Because I'm sure there's going to be many people listening to this that, that have been inspired by this and want to learn more. How can they find you? Absolutely. So they can go onto my website, which is www.meganfettis.com or Facebook. I don't do a lot on social media. Um, I tend to keep more of it onto my website. Yep. I do, I do my like value ads and stuff here and there on Facebook because that's what I truly believe social media is for. So they can find me on those two platforms. Awesome. I love it. Look, thank you so much for your time. I mean, people will be getting to see a lot more of you, I'm sure. Um, I'm hoping you'll come back. Absolutely. I'm excited for our Africa trip. Oh, me too. It's going to be awesome. So, so we, we'll plan the live event first and we'll do something absolutely massive because, I mean, we, we were talking about this off air and I'll, you know, I'll talk about it now because the listeners are going to hear about it at some point anyway. There's a number of these really amazing speakers coming to Africa, many for the first time, and we're going to put together a really mammoth event. Now, to kind of give you an idea, many of these people will be charging, I don't know, three to $5,000, something like that for one of their events they're going to be making it affordable for locals. So it's going to be more like $500 for a ticket to come to this thing. And it's on the agreement that we make sure that this is an Africa event. This is to introduce the best of Africa to the world and the best of the world to Africa. Put some really amazing people in a room together and watch amazing things happen. Um, 
So if you're listening to this from overseas thinking, wow, I could save myself a fortune by flying to Africa and getting a ticket there, you will not be allowed entry, my friend. <laughs> I'm yes. a, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to be creative I, producer and security on the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love that you have such a passion for Africa because that is like truly where a lot of my heart lies being there for a while. And it, that was a huge revolutionary aspect of my life was being able to be there and be blessed with the opportunity to see and live with some incredible people. Mm. And so I love that so much of your work is in Africa because it's, that's incredible. I love the and places. what a gift. Well, it's my spiritual home. I adore the place. My wife is African. And, and you know what? I think a lot of this comes down to, to my daughters. So like like all good fathers, they're they're literally the center of my world. Everything I do revolves around them. And they're both, you know, half British, half African. So I want them to be able to achieve amazing things and I want there to be an environment for them to to you know to to grow and to nurture and to do well in a market. And and I'm in a position right now that I can I can help them do that because I can help lay a foundation for something amazing for the next 10, 15, 20 years that they then get to go into and get to experience and get to sort of move forward again. And I, and I love that because it almost seems like I feel quite blessed. I feel genuinely blessed that I've got to this stage of my career and this stage of my life just at the time that Africa is about to start this sort of 10-year emergence. I mean, it just it feels perfect timing. Oh, totally. And it's going to change the world. Like I know as soon as that continent just begins to become liberated in that way, my gosh, our world stage is going to be so different because there is a lot of talent that's going to be coming forward. Well, I was talking to my South African team earlier and one of the things that I said to them was, uh, yeah, goodbye, Microsoft, good, goodbye, Apple, when, uh, when Africa starts competing on, an, on a level playing field because you, as I said before, the innovation, passion, the creativity, the love, now on a level playing field. Yes, game over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a game changer. It's exciting. I can't wait. I really can't wait. And I love that we're playing our part of that and, you know, getting involved with some 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 awesome, awesome organizations as well, which we'll tell you more about. They'll be coming out over the next few days and weeks. So keep your eye on the website and social media. Um, Megan, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to Africa. I'm looking forward to the trip. and uh, But we'll definitely get another recording in before then because this has been way too much fun. Absolutely. I agree. I've loved every moment of this, Phil. So thank you. Your absolute pleasure. Guys, stick around. Enjoy good news. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of negativity in mainstream media and the news. There are amazing things happening every day all over the world. This is just a sample of some of them. Um, stay remote, stay global. <laughs> this is a Billionaires in Boxes production.